Hello and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism, a podcast asking the question, what does it mean to be fully alive in the 21st century? And how do we best maintain that aliveness while dealing with the unique stressors of this strange and potent time? I am your host, Brett Kane. I'm a licensed massage therapist and mindfulness meditation instructor, and it is my belief that in order to properly have this conversation, we need to have a multidisciplinary approach, which brings in many different people from various backgrounds, philosophies, practices, and worldviews. So we have spiritual folks, we have fitness gurus, body workers, artists, activists, agricultures, all coming together under the shared umbrella of how to be fully alive in this century. What are the things that we really have to be focusing on? Today, we're going to be bringing on Chris Dyer, who is a legendary visionary artist whose work you have probably seen if you attend music festivals here in North America and beyond. He's the founder of Positive Creations. And I really suggest before you get into this episode to head on over to positivecreations.ca and just take a look, just take a gander at this guy's work because it is really impressive. It's really unique. And it's something that has been giving me constant inspiration for the past 10 or so years. So this was a really fun conversation. We start off talking about the role of art in uncertain times and how we can kind of use it as a medicine and a a mirror to remind ourselves of the possibilities of being human. We talk a lot about playing life like a video game and how you can really use that metaphor as a means to do really dope things and to really live your life to its fullest capacity. We talk about self-love. We talk about relationships. We get into a little bit of politics here and there. Uh, Chris's most recent relocation to the States from Canada. So there's some stuff with that we'll get into. Overall, this was a really fun conversation. It's pretty laid back and we cover a lot of ground. So it was really cool for me to be able to sit down, get to know him and ultimately share this conversation with y'all. I think there's a lot of really juicy tidbits here. He's got a lot of wisdom to him. Uh, even beyond the paintbrush. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. As I said before, positivecreations.ca. Check out his work, Chris Dyer. He's he's everywhere. As soon as you see it, you'll be like, oh yeah, that guy. Okay, great. So that's what we're going to be doing today, y'all. If you want to support this show, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review if you're so kind enough. Subscribe over on YouTube. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash 21st Century Vitalism. This episode is sponsored by my parents who brought me into this earth, so give them a shout-out as well. Uh, Yeah, that's going to be it for the intro, y'all. I hope that you are doing well in these really turbulent times. I really hope that you are finding a sense of ease and a sense of peace with yourself, uh, even if the world is quite literally on fire in places. You know, that's that's a part of it, too. So, yeah. All right, friends, open your heart, drink some tea, do some stretches, and please, whatever you can do to welcome Chris Dyer. Right, we are now live. Chris Dyer, hello, my friend. Welcome to the show. Uh, hey, what's up, Brett? Yeah, thanks for having me over. Yeah, of course. So, just as a bit of a preface, this is you know our first time meeting, but I have been uh, a consumer of your art, a fan, if you will, for uh, probably around a decade. Uh, right. I originally found you uh, through the Rootwire Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. Um, 
you know, I've had Morgan Mandala on the show. And so I'm slowly starting to get to know all these people that have inspired me for the past decade. And so this is pretty cool to have you on. Uh, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy dude. Yeah, no so, problem. My pleasure to, to be here with you. Yeah. So the way I wanted to start this conversation was by inviting in the energies of the world. Uh, this is going to be semi-heavy conversation, but I think it's one that is uh, really political. Im- What's that? Are we going to get political? Uh, I don't know about political, but like human heart centered of how we approach the world. Um, right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, right now in this specific time, this early 21st century situation, we have the, um, the shadow of war looming um, much more uh, squarely for some people. Um, we have a lot of, you know, authoritarianism kind of creeping into a lot of uh, otherwise really democratic situations. And overall, I think that there's a lot of uncertainty with uh, what the future holds for a lot of people, especially, you know, with our generation, we're thinking about, uh, like, what the heck, how do we orient in this rapidly changing life situation? And what I want to ask you as somebody who's been involved with art as heavily as you have been, what do you think is the role of the artist in these rapidly uncertain times? Um, yeah, it's an individual thing. Like for me, I need art to calm me down in my own uncertainty, in my own uh, moments of despair. Um, we all got our spiritual practices. I know you got yours and art is my main one. Um, unfortunately, when uh, when life is messy, as it is now for me at least, uh, it's when I have the least time to do art because I got to kind of like rebuild my life from anew. Um, but first of all, you know, I would say not the artist, but art is the medicine for each, in, each of us to use to uh, connect with our spiritual side, to relax, to to find our higher purpose. Uh, as for what the art that an artist does could help others, you know, it's like mirrors, it's reflections. It's, um, you know, I, there's different kinds of artists and different kinds of artists do different kinds of art. Uh, but uh, I would say like the kind of artists that I hang with are usually the spiritual kind or visionary, if you want to throw a term on onto it. And we're trying to channel some kind of, you know, energy from the other dimension that's waiting for us. Uh, we will move into it little by little. Uh, the aliens are waiting for us there. The Mayans are waiting for us there. They all, you know, change their vibration and we shall change our vibration eventually. But in the meantime, we're in a very tricky, dense uh, physical plane where we're trying to just kind of like not drown into the negative emotions so yeah i know art's there to kind of like remind us of of our higher uh sense of being that we all are to remind us that we are spirit that we are god on the other side of reality and we're just playing a video game and we have to accept it with its goods and its bads its wars and its trickiness and politics and shifts and that every single experience that we all go through is part of the video game that God wanted to play in order to get to know itself through experience. 
So yeah, we just gotta like accept it with gratitude, and in the meantime, maybe paint some pretty things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what really interests me about just all of reality in general is that like there can simultaneously be just like immense suffering and confusion and pain, and at the same time, there's like art like yours, which is very colorful and vibrant and playful. And I know when I see one of your new pieces come out, it almost kind of feels like this like universal wink or like a nod or like a nudge just to like, like we all want to go through life with like a tight fist. And like when I see art like yours or say like an Alex Gray or someone, it, it just makes me want to like loosen my fist just a little bit. And to me, it almost feels like a nutrient. It's like a vitamin that like you need a constant supply of. You know? Cool. I'm happy it does yeah. that for yourself. Um, I got my own suffering. It's part of my composition, uh, you know, my human anxiety, my traumas, my issues that I go through. So uh, I don't want to be like positivity is everything and negativity ain't shit. We got to honor negativity. As I said, you know, God wants to experience everything in order to get to know itself from like a three-dimensional perspective. Uh, and I do have paintings that are not super iry or, or, or positive all along. Like some are just honest reflections of sadness and, and, and suffering that we all go through. Um, but I would like to see the world go into a more positive vibration. I would like to see us all living from love and happiness and keeping the energy of a child. Like that's something that, you know, despite my issues, I've been able to allow myself to continue being a uh a a child you know not childish and immature and you know irresponsible i still am very adult in many ways i'm you know owner of a you know business and have many responsibilities but uh still play life as if it's a game you know a game to be enjoyed a game where we can't lose because even like, there's no losing you know you're you're in a video game and say that if the character of the video game dies, you just kind of like restart, you know, may it be a brand new life, or you just go back and, you know, if say if you die, which people consider being like the ultimate uh, defeat or losing or whatever, you know, we consider death a negative thing because we don't know what's on the other side. So our negative imagination imagines like, oh, like life is everything. And once that stops, there's nothing. Well, According to what I've discovered, or at least been shown to in, in deep psychedelic realms, there's a lot more out there than here. This is just a small and significant, that's why I call it just a, like a little video game, a little bubble of reality that seems so important to us because we're here, it's all we got. But once you get out there, it's like, wow, there's just so much more. And at the top or at the absolute of it, we're just God, you know, being everything in eternity we're in eternal bliss and in infinity and it's fucking awesome and time already ended and we're all high-fiving each other as one being being like hey remember when we were chris remember when we we're bred and we did a podcast and we had all these fucking experiences and there were like wars but joys and sufferings and accomplishments and painting like how much they were creating the physical plane how beautiful that was so you know even if we lose, we win. We're always in the hand of God. Like all creation is in there. It's not like 
we die and we disappear into nothingness because there's no nothingness, there's everythingness. And that is already where we're at. So we just kind of like move and change and we just got to like learn to flow and accept and surrender even the moments of discomfort. And of course, I wish no discomfort to anybody or pain or to myself or even to my enemy. I want everybody to always be happy in love and happiness and joy. But, you know, that doesn't seem to be the uh, dynamic of this dualistic existence. So we just have to accept it, flow with it surrender to the times that are less comfortable and give thanks for the gift of even just being alive and we have so many blessings of course we like to focus on the shit and you know if we dwell on the shit too much it just expands but there's also so much beautiful moments every single day and if we just focus on it that expands too yeah yeah i definitely think it's important to not turn away from the shit you know, and your ability to actually turn towards that, which is like hurting you, expands your capacity and the container within you to actually fully appreciate the really small things in life. Like right now I have this mint tea that I've been sipping on and, you know, a lot of these things we just totally take for granted. And I think when we as a world are able to see very clear experiences that are like, okay, now there's like this war happening across the sea and like it really for me has been um, like an eye-opening experience to just really, really enjoy the simple things in life. And that's something that I really think is important, you know, in talking about, like, as you said, you know, it's not just about like the positivity and this is something that we want to cultivate and bring forth. But in order to do that, I think it was Carl Jung that said, um, for the, the branches that reach to the heavens, you need the roots that reach down into hell as well. Right. It's a beautiful quote. I didn't know that one. Yeah, it's good. So what I'm kind of curious with, because um, I, I would consider a lot of the art that I've seen you put out is very positive. I mean, your brand is uh, like positive creations. And I, I'm kind of curious the the emotional alchemy that it takes. If you start a piece, you're in a really light place and everything's flowing, all the colors are happening. You leave it, you come back to it the next day and you're not in that same space. You're like, oh, I'm feeling kind of stuck today, but I have to like work on this. What is like the energetic process for you to continue that level of work and letting that kind of channel through you? That's something that always inspires me about artists to show up when you really don't want to show up. Uh, what you're describing doesn't happen to me. Uh, I always want to show up. I always want to paint. There's never like, Ugh, this painting that I have to do. Ugh, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> that doesn't happen to me. If I want to paint, I'll paint. If I don't want to paint, I won't paint. I'll go out skateboarding. I, I, if I don't want to paint, I won't paint for months. And I'll go out traveling and I'll enjoy life. And I'll get so inspired that I'm fucking dying to paint. But it rarely happens that I don't want to paint. If anything, I don't get to paint as much as I'd like to because I got a business, because I'm moving countries, because I'm figuring out my life and all the million things that come to you as a successful artist uh, that take away the time from painting. So whenever I get the time to paint, I'm fucking like pigging, what's, what's it called? Pigging shit? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I don't yeah. know who came up with that, but. Yeah, that's a terrible thing, but I'm just stoked. You know, it's like, oh, I'm painting. I get to watch a movie today or, or listen to some kind of speech and, you know, and just, you know, lay color down. I know, I know how to paint, like, what I paint, like I, 
I, I have no difficulty painting my paintings. The only difficulty is the patience that it takes like super long. It takes like months to accomplish one painting. I'm not kind of like the painter that's kind of like, sometimes, you know, it depends on the painting too, I guess. But like mostly I know my steps. So it's just kind of like my flow, my nature. There's no difficulty for me to do my thing. And I'm always trying to become more polished in it, but that's there's a joy in that too. Let's try to be tighter. Let's try to uh, new make new color combinations. Let's play. It's it's just a game, you know. There's no losing. Um, I never finish a painting. I'm and and I'm like, ugh, that sucks, you know. Like I'll always play and make it that I enjoy it, you know. And if there's a painting that somebody's asking me to do, I I don't take commissions really anymore. Because then I'm painting somebody else's painting, and that's where I'm like, oh, I gotta paint somebody else's ideas and concepts, and now nah, I just want to do my shit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm always stoked to paint, but I'm not, that doesn't mean that when I'm painting, I'm like in this like ecstatic, like, whoa, it's fucking amazing. Like I'm going through my shit too, you know. I got a crazy mind; it's going through its ups and its downs. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, well you're still painting there's nothing nothing bad's happening so as long as you're painting you're chilling you're good never feel anxious about that so mm -hmm. at least it's a moment of non-anxiety um yeah. so yeah it's all blessings and i'm grateful <laughs> yeah i love that so that that's something i'm always curious about when i talk to any artist who you know spends a considerable amount of time into their work is kind of like the quality of their mind stream as they're working. You know, I've talked to a few different artists about this of like, where does the mind go? Like, what is the level of focus and how, how active is the mind when you are like, you have this grand vision that you're trying to enact, like, is your mind, is it jumping all over the place? Are you able to kind of find a sense of like stillness? Does it kind of fluctuate between those two states or... I guess for you in particular, not that you can speak for the universal artists everywhere, but... Yeah, no, I don't know what other people are going through. Uh, for me, it really changes each time. Depends on the day. Um, art, you know, it's a moment of perhaps like, okay, let's be meditative and think of nothing. But then there's always the next hour. You're not going to think of nothing forever. It becomes boring. So... The mind just wants to think. So in general in life, I try not to get my mind to get on a, on a loop that's uh, not fun or unhealthy. Uh, when I see, even, and that's for painting or for answering emails or anything else, like my mind's tricky. You know, I think everybody's mind's tricky, but like the mind's always trying to like, you know, capture us and capture our energies and, and not let us be like the, the free soul that's ex experiencing physicality, but not, not owned by it. So I just observe myself a lot. And if I see my mind like getting bad tripped about something, especially when I smoke weed uh, or I smoke too much weed, then my mind will start going in some avenues where I'm like, whoa, 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 where are you going there, mind? I don't think like that normally. I don't want to think about these bad things are happening to me in the past. Why are you going and putting your finger in an old wound? What do I have to gain from that? And so then I'm like, kind of like, hey, come here. Let's go back to like, you know, just being grateful in the moment or let's think of something. And, you know, the mind usually is like, it's like, okay, he's not, he's not noticing. I'm going to go back back here now. <laughs> like, hey, motherfucker, I told you. Yeah. And sometimes it's like over and over and over again. That's where, that's where like, 
I've had to like stop smoking weed this week because it's just I don't know what's with the combination of weed and my mind like, that when I smoke weed, my mind just has like it's almost like my guards down because I'm relaxed. And that's when my mind's like, oh, I know where to grab Chris. I know his wounds. I know his traumas. I'm going to fuck with him. Or, or maybe weed makes me vibrate a little bit too quick, creating some degree of anxiety that might stimulate those kinds of thoughts to happen. Um, so, yeah, I guess like it's like a mind game. Uh, so if anything, I'm just trying to like stay uh, distracted in a healthy way or in a fun way. Uh, let's put on the, the book of Boba Fett and, and watch that while I'm painting or, or, or you know, or listen to a really uh, good podcast interview that like keeps me engaged and growing and learning. And then the mind doesn't have much room to go off because I'm actually engaged in something that's teaching me. Um, so, yeah, I like to have good entertainment while I'm painting. Like if I'm painting a lot, if I actually have the time, like which usually is the weekends, um, I, I definitely want some good entertainment, even if it's just some good music, records, etc. And yeah, just, you know, enjoy just being there, doing what I'm doing. But the actual thing of painting, it's it's so easy for me or it's, it's like a no brainer. I don't think about like, oh, you know, I'm painting purple. Like some days I just painting a bunch of purple and by I already automatically kind of like have the sensitivity to know like what should go where. And if it doesn't work, I just change it. It's not something I have to like use my mind too hard. It's more like kind of like a flow. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's not like I'm in this like intense mystical moment. <laughs> I think things take forever, you know? So I can have like all, a range of emotions on one painting, depending on what I go in each individual day or even at different hours of that day. So it's hard to generalize that, you know, I'm always in one specific state while painting. But mm. uh, I'd like to just be grateful when I am painting. I'm like, hey, I'm painting. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm here to do. And yeah, sure. I, I guess the only dissatisfaction is that um, I don't get to produce as many paintings as I want or that the better I get, the more detail I get and the longer the paintings take and the less paintings I get to present to my audience but i presented so much throughout the like the last few decades that i hope people are generally satisfied and that i like whatever i do is just like another gift that i have for them plus i can't be living my life being all like oh the fans and the people are waiting for the next painting i'm not like delivering what's going to happen if i don't get that next it's like you know i gotta paint for myself and cool if people like it and if they f if they feed off it that's fucking awesome and amazing and i'm grateful and i'm st stoked but i can't let it stress me out neither you know i can't be all like oh, gotta paint as much as this person or that person or you know i'll do what i'll do and if people are happy cool if they're not happy well who cares i'm just doing my thing <laughs> Yeah, I think that's an important thing. I mean, yeah, I feel that even with this podcast, you know, like there's, I have a lot of people who are like, yeah, you should get this person, you should get this. And ultimately it comes down at the end of the day, like, who do I want to talk to? Who are the kind of conversations and the qualities that I want to be bringing into the show? And I think that that's really important when you're on a creative endeavor is like the first person you have to impress, the first and last person is yourself. Because <laughs> if you're not happy with your work and if you're just kind of doing it for other people, then that's going to communicate. It's going to be really like, poppy i guess if you will you know you'll be playing to trends rather than listening to the the subtle hints of your own creativity 
And that's something that I also find really interesting is hearing about artists' relationship to what that creative demiurge is. So like, do you have any ideas of what exactly the creative energy is and are you a steward of it? Is it coming from your conditioned experience? Are you a channel? Like, how do you formulate your relationship to what is coming through you or from you? Yeah. Um, once again, that's a, that's an individual answer and I can only give you what it is to me. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, it's just been my nature. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I just had this need to create, uh, in a number of different ways. Uh, art, art paintings are one of them, but uh, there's a million other ways. And I still continue to explore to different ways of expression and communication. Uh, that was just kind of like the code that came in with me. I think it's, it's like a past life thing. I, I'm sure I've been an artist in past lives too. And when I came in, like from the jump starts, like, okay, I'm an artist this is what I'm doing. Not in a, okay, I've got to make a career and impress people. It's just like, where's some fucking paper and where's some crayons let's do this uh okay that's a bunch of junk there let's make a junk robot out of it let's make a clubhouse i another code that came in with me is the code of war um actually i feel like i've been like a a warrior or soldier in many lives so as a kid like i was really into war you know like that you know and or even the battle of good and evil which you can see in so many cartoons and as i grew up and became more spiritual and i couldn't hurt a fly the the war became like a metaphor for the spiritual uh, battle that we're going through right now between good and evil and we're all soldiers of the army you know of like of god light warriors trying to spread the love and the love is our is our is our weapon but yeah back to the art uh, it's just kind of who I am. I got to do it. Uh, it. Sure, when I see other artists, may it be my uncle or my cousins as a kid, I was like, whoa, that's fucking sick. I want to do that too. It inspires you. So I'm sure also environment had influences on me. If I would have seen no artists around me, perhaps I would have had less role models or examples on how to do it. But either way, I... I just had to do it, you know, and um, yeah, it's it's just been there all my life uh, since I was a kid and, just, you know, doing skateboard graphics at eight years old. And uh, even when I was in the street gang, I would do the T-shirts for the street gang and the flags and I would go out and spray paint the walls uh, on, with the name of my street gang. And then I got into comics to do uh, comics about my, uh, my surf gang in Peru. Uh, and then... Uh, I wanted to be an animator. Uh, so when I moved to Canada, I tried to be an animator, but I wasn't good enough. The schools, the animation schools wouldn't let me in year after year. So then I just got into fine arts uh, so I could learn the anatomy and uh, <laughs> you know, all my life painting. And, uh, but then I liked fine art instead, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to be just like a, like a peasant drawing fucking the same thing over and over again for somebody else's idea. Or can I can do a painting that fully allows me to say what I need to say and, and exploring so many other routes because painting is only one way of, uh, expression. So, yeah. And, uh, these days I continue to, you know, find ways of expression, maybe writing a post or my own uh, podcast on YouTube, Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, 
let's plug that in. And, yeah, we uh, also have links. Yeah, sweet. Uh, and then, you know, then now the NFT situation has come through and that's been very interesting because sure, it starts as a drawing, but then it's a whole community project that you're figuring out as you go. Uh, so that's definitely a creative in that endeavor and, and so much more. Who knows what's, uh, you know, my ultimate art piece I want to do is to just buy a new home in paradise, decorate it just the way I want it with all my toys and all my records and then just be able to paint under the sun for the rest of my life. Maybe make mm. a family. That could be an art piece. So, yeah, it's just, you know, humans expressing expressing through the physical creation. I love it. Yeah, I'm definitely on board for it. I like the idea that pretty much anything someone does is artistic in some way. And I, I'm a student of Buddhism. And one of the things that they say is that essentially the way that your mind reconstitutes itself every moment. So the personality of Chris, the personality of Brett is a creative act in and of itself. And the way that we organize our experiences into this, our storylines, you know, like that is the same kind of creative energy that you're channeling through a paintbrush. So like the idea that we are all connected to that kind of geyser of creativity and we all just have different ways of kind of channeling it. Some people could be really artistic with their taxes. You know, you have people who, you know, political commentators, like all of art is literally at the foundation of everything, you know, and some of it kind of gets, you know, this is art, but some of it is also just the way you exist in life and the way you cultivate your heart, which, you, you know, you, yeah. Yeah, your, your ethic that you bring to, to life, you know, and I like that you brought up the idea of warriorship because that, that was actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Because um, I, I really think that right now, especially with everything going on, there is a degree of warriorship everyone has the potential to cultivate. And I know for me, the way that when I think of warriorship, it's like cultivating a tender heart to me almost feels like the most warrior-like ability because it requires you to turn towards yourself so completely. Like you have to generate that compassion for yourself. And like, that is hard. <laughs> you know, like that is like the most utmost difficult thing that we can do is to fully accept ourselves. And I definitely think, you know, consuming art such as yours or any other visionary artist, you know, it really can kind of help guide you on that path towards understanding the full breadth of who you are and ultimately opening yourself up to it, you know? Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, fuck. Yeah. The, the self-acceptance, the self-love, that's the ultimate uh, painting. Well, life is your ultimate painting, I guess. But uh, in that process, if we don't use the self-love and the self-appreciation and acceptance, even with our imperfections, like we're all perfect, but we're all highly imperfect too. And we got to, you know, uh, accept ourselves in that. And that is the, uh, the brushstroke or the color that will make your painting more rich and just just perfect just the way it is in acceptance of it despite our you know all our shit we got <laughs> yeah yeah have you ever gone through a time where you've maybe struggled with that and you also don't have to like say you know like how is that ever manifested in your life and how do you like handle those situations like do you have any tools struggle with what with uh not being able to love myself mm -hmm. oh yeah 
all my life. <laughs> uh, the, the better question is that you ever <laughs> not feel that way. <laughs> no, like I love Chris, you know, I'm going to talk uh, as Chris is a separate entity than the one observing and living through this vessel. Uh, but yeah, like Chris is great. I love him. I've learned to appreciate him and, and all his goods, its bads, its flaws, its shapes. You know, I'm in this body. It's got a color. It's got a race, I guess. It's got a ethnicity and nationality. It's got an accent. It's got preferences. It's got impulses. It's got things that I wish it wasn't, but it still has. And I can try to catch him. And be like, yo, remember when you act this way, it creates this negative effect. So let's try to not act this way anymore. Like you try your best to shape it, you know, or shape yourself. But you're living inside yourself. And at the same time, you got all these chemicals rushing through you. You don't know all the parameters many times uh, on any situation. Like you can, you know, uh, especially like say if we're talking politics, we're getting like a million different sources of information and we don't know what's what. We got to go by instinct. We don't know if we're right or wrong, but we got to go by what we feel is right to ourselves. Many people will disagree. Then the other people will be the same, but they're not observing themselves so closely. They're just letting those chemicals flow and explode <laughs> and ass and this, or like they're manipulating you. So you're trying to like walk around their own games, observing it, not judging them for it. Just kind of being like, okay, well, they got their shit and don't take it personal because that's their own shit. You know, you just got to control your own your own issues and not l react in a way that, you know, isn't for the benefit of, of everyone. Uh, but yeah, in general, I do love me. I do accept me. I forgive me for my mistakes. Um, and I also, I, I got to know who I am. This has been a very important lesson for me in the last last year because I had this uh, cancel culture episode uh, that kind of like destroyed me in a way, and and then I had to see myself from the from the the root of who I was, and it's like, well, what does it matter what other people think about you? Like, you know you, and how do you feel about you? And uh, like, are you gonna keep on living your life? Uh, according to what other people think about you, or are you going to live your life knowing who you are? And, and when I see myself, I'm like, oh, I'm a good person, you know, like despite mistakes that any human should be allowed to make, I, I still feel like, hey, I got a good heart. I have no bad intentions to hurt anyone. I'm trying my best here. So then why judge myself? Why punish myself? Why, you know, give myself shit constantly. What does that do? You know, and that's the mind, you know, the, the, the one that's always going here to the side, trying to like capture me and, and own my energy. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's been, you know, it's been the, the practice and it's why I do, uh, you know, psychedelics, mostly ayahuasca is to really see myself at the core of my being and then see everything that's been thrown on me, experiences, traumas, uh, influences, culture, etc. Like, like each human is a pile of a million factors and we're trying our best to navigate through all these like filters we have and be good. But we, it's many times we don't even know what, you know, what good is. Or sometimes we, as, as I say, we just go by emotion and chemicals and uh, because we want to feel better. But then experience after experience, we realize that, you know, 
those are that's not true happiness to try to escape bad feelings um so yeah i'm just rambling now <laughs> but in general you know uh, i i definitely um i've always been a weirdo uh as a canadian growing up in peru i felt out of place you know being white in a latino country uh made me feel like a you know like a minority that you know perhaps had his advantages, but there was also a lot of judgment towards it simply because of the color of my skin. Um, and also just, I'm a weirdo, you know, I'm an artist. Uh, everybody else is playing soccer and I want to fucking do art. And so everybody is just like, what a fucking nerd you are. And I always feel bad about that, you know? And then there's the other million things out the world. Oh, I'm a little bit fat or, you know, I don't grow hair in the right places or, you know, just all this stupid shit that the world tells you this is right, this is wrong, and we believe it. And it's hard to shake it off, you know, because it's been there conditioned to us for years. And, you know, we're, I'm just trying my best to shake all this shit off and be happy with myself, whatever that will be. And hopefully that can also influence other people to be comfortable with themselves and be happy with whatever they are. And if we can all just be happy with whatever the fuck we are, then we'll just stop trying to look for energy elsewhere, outside, like, hey, do you like me? Hey, like, please don't hate me. Like, no, you know what? I'm self-satisfied. You're self-satisfied. Now let's just be expansive. Now let's just share the love. Now let's give and give and give because I'm overflowing with love for myself and for everybody else despite our differences. And let's just rejoice and enjoy the physical plane that God wanted to experience through us, you know, like imagine you're God and then you're just like, okay, I'm going to live in the physical uh, plane, you know, and then you come here. It's like, Hey, I'm God in the physical plane. Okay. I'm going to go and fucking punch somebody else. Like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Dang God. You're well, righteous. <laughs> you know, no, let's go and fucking hug that person. Even if they're hurting, even if they insulted us, you know, and that's, that's what I'm trying my best to do. And it's hard, you know, because when somebody attacks me, when somebody insults me or, you know, my, my chemicals react and my, uh, my ego wants to defend itself. And I always got to remember, Hey, that's not me. That's their process. They're still God in another body. They're also you. Try your best to, you know, accept and love and forgive them. And you can't force those things sometimes. So sometimes I got to just accept myself. You know what? I just don't like that person. He rubs me the wrong way. And, you know, c'est la vie. And I forgive myself for that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. I like, uh, I think it was Ramdas that talked about how you really just want to focus on being here now. And if the now isn't good enough, then it's just not good enough. And you can just be not good enough in that situation. I think a big thing that you, you kind of touched on with everything that you were saying is the difficulty of extricating yourself and your own view of who you are from other people's view of who you are. And like it's so hard when you're very close with people who treat you a certain way and it kind of conditions, like we're all co-creating each other, which is why it's so important to be kind to each other because you have no idea what your psychic forces are doing for somebody else's sense of uh, self-worth and their self uh, creation of who they are 
And I think a big thing about spirituality is that it really enables us to see that we are the ones who accept these views of other people. Like nothing anybody says can actually change the way we are, but we come from a long lineage of thinking that the external world is what validates us. Where, as you said, you're always looking for everybody else to kind of like, do you like me? Like, what can I do to make you happy? But like when you start going in and really understanding who you are, then it's a matter of like, oh, I've accepted all of these things, you know, like you, you mentioned like, oh, my hair doesn't grow in the right places, but like, that's where it's growing. That is right. That is the perfection of it. But it's this standard we all hold each other to. And, you know, I think I also, I just keep bringing it back to like the nature of like art, you know, is something that goes beyond all that. And when you connect with something like that, I think it can really be used as a spiritual path and reminder to always just keep going in, keep going in, like, don't, keep relying on the external world to validate you, you know, and anything that can kind of point us back into the heart, you know, like you said, it's like the mirror effect, you know, it shows you the part of yourself that is generative, that is creative, that is, it's just like, like I said, it's that wink, that universal wink of like, this art is you, that you are that creative force and you, you got to stop giving that energy away to X, Y, and Z out there, you know? Right. And it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And uh, something I've discovered uh, is that the people who are closest to us are the ones who will piss us off the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, say some fans don't like me and it'll piss me off. But then I'm like, but who the fuck's that person? Why do I care for some, like, quote unquote, idiot that is inventing that I'm this or that? So I let it go. But then, like, my, my father or my brother will give me shit for any any reasons and I'll get so fucking mad <laughs> because like uh-huh. hey you're supposed to love me or uh-huh. you know or a, an ex-girlfriend who you've dedicated years into like you know um you know like re- like you know uh, feeding into their lives and then they let you down that shit will like hurt you more i guess that's where like we we build expectations to those we've uh given a lot of energy and time towards, but uh, I guess that's just kind of like the, you know, on the video game, that'd be like the higher level boss to defeat. <laughs> and yeah. just them too, no matter what they throw at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's really hard with like relationships because we often, when we engage in a relationship, like a romantic one, we, you know, we feel really good. There's like the passion and then you kind of rely on them to allow you to be like, the divine masculine, you know, you almost need to be meeting somebody in that to like show your love when really like you don't actually need somebody there to represent that and to be that level of love. So we like give them the key to something that's always open and then we just keep shutting it and like, hey, can you open this? And they're like, you know, so we again give them all that power. And I think that that's where a lot of relationships You know, like that is really the essence of what we carry in every relationship. You know, I need you to treat me this way so that I can feel this way. And, you know, especially you, because you're closer to me, you should see me in my absolute best, even though you're more prone to seeing me at my worst. Relationships are are tricky, man. Um, Because, yeah, you, you, you give a lot. At least I do. I give a lot. So then I also expect to be giving back. I don't know why I expect some kind of fair trade in our romantic endeavor. Um, 
but yeah, that whole thing that we always hear that you gotta love yourself first before like anyone else can love you. That's that's true. You know, I've been pretty much single the last few years, and and I'm just kind of like comfortable with it by now. Of course, I'm always looking for my one because I'm a hopeless romantic that wants to find his partner to empower me and vice versa and build something together. It's always better when people combine energies to create like double as beautiful, but. I'm also like totally cool just where I'm at. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a tricky one because of course I want my lover to love me. And, you know, and I, I love to love, you know, like if I, if I love my partner, I fucking like go like full on and, and I love that. So if they're not loving me as much, definitely that doesn't feel so good. I should be like, well, whatever, if you don't love me as long as I love myself. But that's just not not how it works you know you want your your partner and your lover to love you too and not as a if you don't love me i don't love me but you should also love me i love me like how can you don't love me so, so if there's not that love hey maybe this is not the right one and better to look for that person who's just like crazy about you yeah and that's what i'm looking for are you out there yeah. Oh, you. What are you? What are you taking so uh, Chris Dyer. I'll share the email if y'all want to get a hold of him. He is single, so uh, this show. Uh, Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a big part, like the natural inclination, is I, I think that there we all have this idea of romance as something that is a spiritual thing where if you invest your energy into it and two people mutually invest their energy, they kind of become one. So I think the natural inclination is to invest a lot of energy. So when we feel that other person's wavering, then it's like, oh, I like, am I safe? You know, whereas they might not even be wavering, but like you can really only love as much as you have the capacity to. And I think in order to have that kind of relationship that is just boundary dissolving it kind of takes a little bit of work you know and it takes development in certain ways it takes like a practice so you really do need to have that like self-relationship which you know i i've noticed uh, a lot of my friends a lot of people are really focused with a practice i would say like you with your art um, a lot of people who i know are really really into yoga and stuff like that like it is hard for them to like find somebody because it, it, the dating pool gets smaller and smaller as you get more and more um, into your thing, you know, because there's just less people who are that disciplined, you know? So there's almost always going to be like, I have all of my energy going into this thing and you, you almost need somebody who also has that going for themselves. And then they're too busy doing their thing. So nobody's talking. <laughs> no, I understand. Um, this is going to sound arrogant, but you know, I consider myself a badass. I've achieved lots of things in my life, both in career and just you know a rich life where i could die and, and be so the person that i want to spend my life with kind of gotta match that you know she's gonna be a badass she has to have like a rich life experience and a art and a spirituality and a, things that are i'm like impressed i want to be impressed by my partner you know of course you know i also like them to be pretty as an artist i i i you know i worship beauty but yeah they also have to be like beautiful inside and you know, it's it's hard to find that match. And many times I might find those people and they might not like me. And that's that's part of the game, too. And you just got to, like, accept and surrender and just keep on uh, knowing that uh, she's out there. I know I know she, like, you know, I've had many great partners and that's no disrespect to them. But, like, obviously they, those didn't last forever. And, um, 
and I do hope I find my match. So some people, some friends still tell me like, oh, Chris, like what? You want to get married again? It's like, you know, like having uh, given up of the idea that there's this one person for you forever and you live happily ever after. And I don't know why I can't give up of that, uh, that fairy tale dream that I can find this person who just matches me so well in every single way that we can have a kick-ass life together and never get bored and I would never be dissatisfied in any way. I don't know, maybe I'm being utopic and idealistic, but I, I'm allowing myself to dream that that's possible. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I've explored a lot in my own life with like the idea of like the one, you know, and I, I as I'm getting a little bit older, I keep thinking less, I mean, this is just my own personal relationship with it is like, it's less about finding someone who's absolutely perfect. And it's more about like, like the one is the person that you choose and that you keep choosing, even when it's like not perfect you know but like there is like a balance between like you definitely still want to like have attraction you still want to be inspired to be with them but there is an element of like ooh, like that really bothers me about you but like i'm still gonna say yes and we're still it's like every day i have to be asked the question and i'm gonna always say yes you know it's like mm -hmm. flexing that muscle you know but it it is hard it's it's a hard thing out there and i think often like the way that the world is, the uncertainty of the world, I think, has also really changed people's uh, dating habits. You know, I notice with our generation a lot, like the traditional family values thing is totally out of the window. And it, it, everybody's kind of like, we're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> you know, so I, I think the culture is also kind of shifting with that as well. So I'm sure you have a lot of friends who are cynical about it. And I think it is the role of the artist to remain not cynical. You know, and I think that that's probably the same energy that makes you such a good artist is that you have that idealistic thing. Like that is the same vision. It's the same aspiration, you know? Right. Um, but I'm also open-minded and, uh, you know, I got my dreams, but I also got to take uh, reality as it comes at face value. And in, ever since I got divorced, well, I had one solid relationship after that, you know, the, and then up so great because we were engaged and we got separated by COVID and then she just kind of like lost her steam. <laughs> um, but then after that, I've had just kind of like shorter encounters, I guess like dating where it's not like a relationship, but you're with a person for a couple months and then you enjoy it for what it is and then you move on because you know they're not the one, but it was still an enjoyable time to be with them for that. And there's no disrespect and hopefully there's no heart feelings when any of the other parties move on. I don't know. I've, 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 I've been trying that, which is usually what you do when you're younger, you know? And then as you get older, you're looking for that more serious thing. And I am looking for that serious thing, but tell a person who's worthy of me wanting to invest the rest of my life with shows up. I don't see why I should always reject shorter encounters that might have some lessons and uh, company and enjoyment as long as, once again, if it's with respect and love and, and, and hearts involved to some degree, I think, you know, that's a good experience too. So I'm, I'm learning as it, as it goes and it is fun and it is cool, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just waiting patiently. <laughs> Are you married, man? Listen. <laughs> no, no, not me. I am uh, rocking that single life recently out of a dynamic um, about a couple months ago. So I almost feel like the, the nature of coming together and going apart with people, like the meeting of two minds and hearts is such a powerful thing that changes both people forever. 
And the way that I look at like being single or a relationship is like, it's kind of like a digestion process, right? Like it's this contraction and expansion that like shapes you into, you know, and like how you respond to each of those contractions and expansions. Like you have a choice with each of like the moments of like, ooh, like you could really go into that and like really make it schmaltzy and like go downhill or you can like feel that ooh and then like allow it to open you up even more. So, you know, I also am at a point where like, you know, yeah, it'd be really nice to like partner up with somebody and like work on our things together. But also if that's not what's happening, then that's not what, what's happening. And right now there's so much richness in the occasional like, ugh, you know, and it's about writing that, you know, that's, that's kind of how I've been uh, incorporating it. But hopefully uh, after this podcast, we'll release it and then, you know, we'll both get dates. Yeah, we'll go on a double date, and then it'll be uh, it'll be great. Great, yeah. <laughs> Right now, I'm talking to a girl in, in Germany. She's so cute, but uh, yeah, I'm stuck in in America. I can't leave this country, and she's got her life. I know it's not the first time that I fall for girls that are very far away. But actually, my my ex wife, she was from Belgium, and that worked out. We were married for ten years. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you did just move to America, so maybe, I mean, you haven't been here long, so your roots, you know, you can still be transplanted to Germany. If you just show up, maybe she'd be chill with it. You're just <laughs> well, like, hey, surprise, I got all my stuff. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, if I leave America, I can't get back in. Oh, and yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. what's keeping me kind of trapped here, because I got homes in Montreal and in Peru that I'd rather be at right now. But if I leave America, thanks to the mandates laws, I can, I'm not allowed back in. Even though I got I my work visa and I'm legal and everything, but as an unvaccinated foreigner, I can, can't get back in. So I can't risk uh, being so far away from my brand, from my fans, from my events. And for now, I'm just kind of like living in this small basement room in Denver and figuring out what's my next move. I'm just like... Should I buy a house in Florida? Should I go somewhere else? Uh, you know, in the, I'm, I'm just getting like all my papers in line, changing all my bank. I'm basically quitting Canada, which is super sad because I fucking love Canada as a country. And I lived there for over 20 years in Montreal. I love Montreal. It's like it's my perfect city as long as I leave on the winters. <laughs> and that's what that's what <laughs> I get my apartment in Peru and I spend the the winters as summers in, in the countryside of Peru. Yeah, everything was great, but these fucking mandates, if you don't get vaccinated, you're a piece of shit, and we shall take away all your rights. And I, I'm not about being forced to do anything I don't want to do, especially when I'm going to get forced. I was like, well, fuck you. I'm not, I'm not I'm now I'm really not going to do it. <laughs> well, what exactly was going on? Because it's a little bit more stringent in Canada, right? It's a lot more. Yeah. So yeah, what are they, what are they, how are they handling this? Uh, so when I got back from 10 months of touring last October, uh, already they had the passport and the passport's not a little piece of paper like you have here in America that you can photocopy in your local, local Kinko's and, and fill in whatever information and, and then nobody cares. And Canada is actually like a QR code that you gotta like, you know, give and like in every restaurant and public place, um, I couldn't even go to the botanical gardens. Uh, that's an open space. I can't go that. 
Uh, it's just hard. I, I I don't party much. I don't go to bars, so that part I don't care. But like, I love going to restaurants, going out for my brunch by myself, looking at people. Uh, you know, Montreal's a very European kind of city. Everybody's out walking and they're in their patios, and everybody's you know, it's just kind of like uh, you know, just very people are not uh, in cars as much as in the states. So when they took away my ability to go to restaurants and I now had to like cook for myself and be at home and not, that hurt me. It hurt me to go to like my restaurant and have my waiter of 10 years be like, sorry, man, I can't let you in because now you're not, you're not allowed to be here. It's like, dude, like I'm not sick. I'm not going to make anybody sick. Like, you know, I, I probably got natural immunity that's better than this, this, this vaccine, but no one wants to hear these these scientific reports because it's not what the TV wants to promote. I uh, know it was hard, but then it kept on getting worse when the prime minister started insulting the non-vaccinated. At, be at the beginning, they were all just trying to like lure you in, and then he started getting like really aggressive, like all oh, these. He said these the unvaccinated people who by then were already a twenty percent minority because all the Canadians are just nice they're like oh this is the nice thing we got to do to help our community and blah 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 and I did it and then the 20 percent who didn't really trust the corporations owning the governments and the media we're just like no thank you please give me five years give me 10 years to observe what this does on the long term um you know but uh, yeah the prime minister started saying that the unvaccinated were uh racists and uh, women hater. What's the woman hater? Uh, um, uh, sexist. No, not sexist. Um, misogynist. Oh, Misog wait. How how did they make that correlation? The the Trudeau said that he's saying that on TV. Like, oh yeah, yeah. the unvaccinator, a bunch of extremists, right wing, misogynists, and racist, and we should not tolerate them. That kind of language. That shit makes me anxious like when yeah. they're telling the whole population that we're some bad people for not going with their corporate agendas like whoa like you know just give me the freedom to take my own medical decisions i don't feel like you know i'm gonna be hurt by it and if i am gonna be hurt by covid or whatever that's my personal choice like i'm of the shamanic path that it takes it takes to get sick in order to get healthy you know, it's it's part of my spiritual path, and uh, anyways, there's 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 more. But the thing that kind of like, and I was thinking like, damn, like should I stay in this environment of that it's so aggressive towards my decision? But once he got on TV and he said like, oh, the unvaccinated should not have the right to be on a bus or on the metro or on a train or on a plane with the vaccinated. They don't deserve that privilege. I was like, oh shit. And then he got on and he's like, okay, at the end, in, in, in two weeks, and I was like, I think it was even like in one week, we're gonna remove the ability for the unvaccinated to take planes, trains, and buses. And I was like, holy shit. Like if I can't take a any public transport, I don't drive cars, I never learned. I live in a city, I skateboard, I bike, uh, but if I can't fly out of Canada, I'm trapped there forever. We only have one border and it's the yeah. state. And at yeah. the same time, the states were saying like, if you're an unvaccinated foreigner, you can't get in. So I was about to get locked into Canada forever where I don't really have jobs or, or many events or anything. I just love it there and I've been living there for decades. 
Uh, so I ha- I was like, oh shit. So I packed. First thing I did, I packed all of my art, sent it to Denver. Cost me thousands of dollars, whatever. My art is safe. And then I, I, I called the, the airlines. I was like, hey, like, do I have to leave like now, like in like, like tomorrow in, in two days? And they're like, well, according to the rules, yeah. It was like they told the, air, the airlines like, that they were not going to allow unvaccinated people on the plane. So then I called the government and they're like, oh, actually, we had to extend it a month because uh, it's highly unconstitutional to remove <laughs> to mobilize because of their medical decisions. But they didn't tell the airlines, you know what I mean? Like they kind of like they changed it, but they didn't tell anyone. It wasn't on the news. But me calling the government itself, they were supposed to tell me. So I was like, okay, shit, I got I got I got an extra month. But actually, only ended up being a week because then the United States was changing their their rules. So I had one more week to pack all of my belongings, put it in boxes, and just store it. And I, I own my apartment in Montreal, so now one of the rooms of my apartment is storage. And I rented it to my local dealer, who's a skater friend of mine. And I, I, I rented it for half of what I got to pay my mortgage. But at least I get something out of it. I don't know. It was so stressful. And then I moved here to Denver to the Posit Creations brand house. And the only room they had is like a small room in the basement. So I go from living alone in a beautiful apartment in a beautiful neighborhood to kind of like living as the, you know, not, not so nice uh, and not to be ungrateful to the people who are taking care of me here and supporting me. But uh, my, 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 my quality of lifestyle has changed and I accept it. And for me, the most important thing is to stand by my principles. Hey, maybe I'm wrong in my decisions. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe this vaccine really does work, you know, despite all the scientific <laughs> things that say that it's not really working out so well. Um, but that's still my choice. And I still got to like live my life according to my choices, not the choices of a government or a corporation or the media. I have to follow my own intuition of what I feel is healthier for myself. And this is the only body I embody. And I have to like keep it real with this thing here. And that's what I'm doing. But uh, yeah, I know everything will be good in the end. I hope these mandates end and I can, you know, visit my parents in Peru before they get too old. Um, but if not, I'll keep on trucking and, and doing what I got to do to be me. Yeah. I think so it's really interesting. there. <laughs> no, no. I, I knew that it was something that was kind of in your orbit for a little bit. You know, I, I've been tuning in here and there and I knew that that was something that was affecting you. So I'm glad we got to touch up. I Yeah. I mean, I'm in Michigan and that's kind of like... Um, Canada's our hat. So, you know, I don't really know what's going on up there, but it's interesting because here COVID has dropped significantly. Like it is gone, you know? So the fact that like they're still ramping up measures to try and contain something that is kind of going endemic at this point, like we're not going to get rid of it. So it's just a matter of like, whether you are pro or anti-vax, you know, it's like, I, know, I just think, yeah, as soon as you start like mandating and like, that's where I get a little uncomfortable. I, I got the vaccine. I'm chill with it, you know, but at the same time, people have autonomy over their bodies. I think it's a fundamental right. Um, and especially the fact that like you get vaccinated and you can still spread it. So like that conversation is kind of, you know, right. I'm, I'm pretty hands off, but. It, right. Well, it's, it's, it's sad because Canada was so great for me in so many ways and uh, I I can tell you why I think Canada got that way and this people will disagree or not but while the whole world's opening up again including 
United States, Europe, etc. Everybody is kind of like, okay, well, Omicron came, everybody got their natural immunity, we got to keep on moving on. And meanwhile, Canada was like, no, we're staying still locked in. And, and that's when the whole thing with the truckers happened. And the truckers were vaccinated too. They just thought it was hella whack to force this, these mandates and passports on everybody. That, that was not constitutional. That was not the Canadian way. So the truckers go to Ottawa. They park in front of parliament. They're asking for their governors, you know, to come and talk with them. They didn't come down for three weeks. There was no uh, violence. There was no negativity. You know, there's always assholes in the mix. But that didn't mean that they're all assholes. The media just focused on the assholes. Uh, but it was mostly, you know, like just good people who thought that freedom actually matters and that you can't just remove all the rules of Canadians forever and keep this emergency state forever. So they're like, hey, come down, talk with us on, on TV. Let's have a discussion. You know, we're your people. Instead, they put the next level of emergency. They crush all the truckers with like police brutality and then they freeze all their accounts, their bank accounts. And not only them. But the people who donated, like on the GoFundMe, their bank accounts are also frozen for donating to a peaceful protest. So this shit's uh, like getting really kind of gnarly. It's like it's embarrassing, uh, as you know, as a Canadian, but really sad. And I feel so bad for my friends who are now stuck there who really don't want to get, you know, the vaccine. It's just getting worse and worse for them. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess like why this is happening is Trudeau like a bad person. I don't know. But something I do know is that he works with the World Economic Forum. You know the World Economic Forum in Switzerland? I'm not too familiar. Yeah, yeah. it's a group uh, in Switzerland. Uh, uh, the main dude's called Carl Schwab. They have meetings every January where you have to have like a certain amount of millions to even just make it to that conference. So it's like the presidents of so many different countries, the World Health Organization, you know, Obama, Bill Gates, like all the all the leaders and they get together and this, decide, you know, how they should uh, do policy around the world. And Carl Schwab has already said publicly that he's infiltrated the Canadian government, that he's got Trudeau on his side and all of his cabinet so that they will do according to what he thinks is good. And they're very much with, you know, passports and and having every human being like in some kind of, you know, digitally, uh, uh, digital IDs and everything is just very like under control. Just ramp up the control of all these humans so we will do what is best for the planet because it's about the environment and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, man, it's hella scary and I'm not down with it. And um, it's not conspiracy theory because they're actually grouped with a webpage who has those public speeches who says that in 10 years, uh, you will own nothing and be happy about it. So it's yeah. kind of weird, like, technocratic communism coming our way. And Trudeau's all into it. And, you know, this is not democracy if we can say, like, hell no, we don't want that shit. Yeah. So I just got out. And, uh, you know, Canada right now is the only country in the whole world where you're not allowed to fly if you don't have a, 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 vac a vaccination. And that's mm. really weird. 
I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I know uh, here in the States, um, there's a, I think the company's called like BlackRock or Blackstone, but they're essentially buying up all the real estate. And I think they were a part of the people that were like, yeah, millennials don't even want to own houses. They'd love to just rent. And it's like, um, that's how you build the middle middle classes by owning houses. So it right. is, uh, it's, like I said, very uncertain, you know, what uh, is going to end up happening. And it feels like a lot of people aren't really like too hip to it. You know, I feel like it is easier to put the blinders on. And I mean, right now, I mean, there's so much other things happening that this is kind of in the background, you know, like now the entire world is turned towards Europe while the rest of the world is still a turning, <laughs> you know. Right. It's, and it's not like there weren't other wars of similar magnitudes happening already. Mm -hmm. Like there was Syria. There's always been the occupation in Palestine. Does people care that much? No, yeah. because they're with the wrong side of the people that the United States supports. So it's all politics. And I'm, I'm, I'm sick of it. I, I don't want any wars to happen. I don't want anybody to, to suffer. But they just keep on using the suffering of these people to just gain more political power and, and and change the laws and you know and yeah i don't know uh i'm not very stoked on politicians in general but at the same time i'm very optimistic about the future <laughs> they, yeah they yeah. contradict e each other but it's almost like shit's gonna be so bad and obvious that the most normal brainwashed person who watches news every day is like this just doesn't make any sense anymore because it's not like I can go outside and see that this is not what they're telling me. Uh, we can't be supporting these weird controllers anymore. We don't want to go along with it and we want a world of freedom, peace, love. I don't know. Something's going to happen that hopefully will make things go back to a balance where love is the overruling vibration of the planet. I don't know what that's going to be and I know it sounds hella dreamer utopic styles but uh it's just my personal belief <laughs> well i think the world runs on dreamers you know like I, I really wanted to hammer that idea is that like i genuinely think not to blow steam up your butt but like the the art that you do i think is a part of that tipping balance you know and i think the people who are in the festival scene uh as flawed as the festival scene is i think there is within that an underlying desire to see a better world you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's always just like a leaning into the novelty of things. And again, the mystery and like, we just have to remember the mystery and the fact that we don't have the answers. And I think that we shouldn't be lording our suspected answers over other people, you know? And I think that that all ties in with everything we've been talking about, you know? So yeah, we are at time, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me. This was uh, a blast to be able to connect with you and get to know you a little bit and just kind of feel where you're at in life and uh, share this space with you. Yeah, totally. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on your show. Yeah. Uh, where can folks find you? Uh, where can they maybe even like look at your art and just kind of get to know you for what you offer as well? Um, okay, well, my name is Chris Dyer. My <laughs> webpage is positivecreations.ca. My web store is positivecreations.net. Then I have the Galactic Gang is my my NFT series. If you want to look into that, that's uh, it's there's a web page. There's an open sea. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Chris underscore Dyer. I'm on Facebook. I got my YouTube channel where I do uh, podcast episodes myself with different artist friends. Uh, what else do I do? Um, and yeah, I'm at, I'm at events sometimes. You'll see me around. 
Come and give me a hug. I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing a uh, forest this year? Um, I think my booth might uh, have a vent there, but I don't know. I think they're still negotiating to see if they want me live painting or not. So perhaps, but we'll see. Okay. Cool. It's in my backyard. So yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much, man. I hope you have a great day. Yeah, you too. All right, my friends, that was the episode. Thank you so much for listening all the way through till the end. Hopefully you didn't just hear my snap. I got really jazzed about that. Um, if you want to support the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. You can subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, follow on Instagram. You're you're here in the social media age. You know what to do. We also got a Patreon, though, in case you didn't know that. That's pretty fun. It's uh, patreon.com slash 21st century vitalism. And uh, there you can become a supporter of the show, help me uh, wean myself off from working a normal job so that I can put more time, more energy, more love, more care, more... Um, buying somebody to edit my episodes that's really what it's gonna go for so yeah if you want uh more better episode editing then there you go that's how you do it if you're just sick of the way that i do things that's fine too keep it to yourself i don't want to hear it that was chris dyer y'all positivecreations.ca all those links are going to be in wherever you're watching this check the description it's there you already know you already know who he is you've seen his art it's stinking everywhere so go enjoy his art go support his galactic gangs nft project that's pretty cool i thought it was so all right friends be well we will see you in two weeks